It might be that if you and your spouse are struggling sexually, uh, that you think, oh, we're the only ones dealing with this. But the truth is, many couples face challenges in the area of physical intimacy. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin, and they lead the Focus on the Family Marriage Team. Uh, Erin, you offer uh, wisdom and insight to a lot of couples. You counsel a a lot of different couples. How often do you meet uh, a husband and wife who are struggling with sexuality in the marriage? Mm, All the time. All All the the time. time? Yes, quite a bit. Well, especially these are the ones that are coming in for counseling when things aren't going well. And typically when they're disconnected emotionally, sex may or may not be going well. I guess I hadn't thought of it, but if you're doing well, you don't seek out a counselor. I always say you're here for a reason because I'm guessing things aren't going the way you want them to. So you want something coming here. What is it? Hmm. And, you know, of course, the enemy comes in and whispers to us, you're the only one that's dealing with this because he wants to isolate us off. He doesn't want us to reach out for help. He doesn't want us to connect with someone else that's dealing with the same thing. And, you know, the statistics say that roughly 43% of women and 31% of men experience some level of sexual dysfunction. Um, 15 now, to what, tw- I'm sorry to interrupt you and just mm-hmm. ask you, what does that mean, sexual dysfunction? More more likely, they are having a physical issue around sex. Okay. You know, whether that is with aging or hormones or, you know, just having a baby, whatever yeah, that is. There's a physical challenge to sexuality. Yes, there's something going on. Yeah. And then, of course, we've talked on the show before about couples who are sexless. And, you know, 15 to 20%, I've actually heard higher statistics than that, wow. are sexless. Hmm. And so oftentimes when things have been disconnected for a while within the marriage, there has been no sexual encounter for a very long time. And that's when couples start to feel hopeless. So, of course, then the enemy wants to come in and say, you're all alone. You're the only one. Yeah, the the images that always come to mind as we talk about this kind of thing is the nature shows where the lion looks for the mm-hmm. weakest. And that seems to be what happens with sexuality and marriage. A lot of couples feel like we're the only ones and the enemy just preys on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's one of the reasons we're talking about this today, and we're going to turn now to a segment uh, in which Focus President Jim Daly spoke with Dr. Michael Seitzma and popular researcher Shanti Feldhahn about common misconceptions that many couples have about sex. Let me go to the three uh, common uh, wrong assumptions that we make. Um, What are those three wrong assumptions that we have toward our sexuality? Well, Dr. Mike always says that when he speaks, and I'm starting to see this now too, now that Jeff and I are speaking on this topic, that the main question... You put this on Jeff. You're dragging Jeff (laughs) out to talk. I got to call Jeff. I'm calling Jeff. (laughs) But we we are seeing the truth of what Dr. Mike has said, which is that when you speak on this topic, one of the top questions that people come up to you with, you know, kind of wanting to talk in whispers like around a corner is, are we normal? Like what we're dealing with, nobody else deals with. And the truth of the matter – now, obviously, Dr. Mike has seen this for decades in his therapy office, and we've seen this over the years constantly in the research, mm. is that whatever you're dealing with, you are not alone. Correct. It yeah. is definitely something that other people have had experience with. There's hope. There's help. The problem is that this is – really one of the only, if not the only, areas of marriage 
that you don't even talk about with your closest friends. Right. Like you don't, it's so close. You don't compare notes. And, and it's a sacred private mm. thing, which is probably to some degree as it should be. But it means that everybody is operating without a perspective of the fact that they aren't alone. And that one thing by itself can help relieve a lot of the tension that people put into this area. Mm-hmm. Right. Marriage. So number one, you're not alone. That's yep. good. What's the right. second? The second one is this assumption that whether we're connecting in this way or not, it doesn't really impact the marriage. Like it's those are two different things. And this is a wrong assumption. This is correct. a wrong assumption. Yeah. Um, you know, the first assumption is that we're the only ones dealing with this. This assumption is that it really doesn't impact the marriage. And whoa, it really does. As I said earlier, it it was astounding to me looking at the numbers on the surveys. And these were these were very large, expensive, nationally representative surveys that we we're super excited about. We got a lot of robust data, mm-hmm. and it demonstrated pretty profoundly, actually, that when you do have attention to this area of your life, you are far more likely to have a happier marriage. Mm-hmm. If you're communicating about this, you're far more likely to connect in this way. It is one of those things that it can be easy, I think, for a lot of us when we're busy, oh, it doesn't matter so much, or oh, I'm just tired. And those are legitimate. That's a legitimate issue. And yet to say it is important for us that we make this a priority. Yeah, no, I appreciate start, that. You start by talking about three general um, categories of couples, those that it, this is just not an issue. It's going great. And it's going great because it's not an issue, and it's not an issue because it's going great. That big group of couples in the middle where there's something, and it may be we're not making it intentional enough or it's distracting, um, it can grow to be a problem if they don't stay on top of it. And then those couples that this is a problem area, often they come into my office and they want sex to not be a thing. Mm. You know, can we just not make this a priority in our marriage? Can it just – the rest of our marriage is going great. Why does this have to be a problem? And the reality of it is it, it is a problem. The truth of it is if they lean in and really communicate effectively and work on it, they can move into at least the middle category and generally into the this is no longer an issue in our marriage because we've got to figure it out. We've got a pace. We've got a way that we connect sexually that keeps that oil moving in the yeah. engine and and it stops being an issue. Well, and that leads actually to the third Wrong assumption, which I know you were about to ask me about. I was. was. We know each other too well. (laughs) But that actually, what Dr. Mike said, the third wrong assumption is that it it doesn't really matter, like, if this is an awkward topic to communicate about, because we found 73%. Which it will be. Yeah, which it it often will be. And 73% of couples, I think it was 73%, Mm -hmm. said that they couldn't talk about this well. Like, they kind of avoided it. It's uncomfortable. And so the wrong assumption is that doesn't really matter. Like, actions speak louder than words, right? And we always say, yeah, but the numbers show that if you're not using the words, you may not be getting as much action. (laughs) Because because truly, the communication on this, it had so many pivot points. And the encouragement to the average couple who was like me and Jeff, like, when we started this, it was really difficult for us to talk about it. And... One of the things that we learned over the the course of the study is that the reason that it was difficult is that we thought what we were expected to talk about was like 
the technical stuff. Right. <laughs> like the technique and like those things that you're thinking about. And, and no, it's often what's running under the surface. So what are the insecurities that are in there? What are the, the here is why this is so emotionally important to me. Yeah. Those kinds of questions, those are a whole lot easier to connect on, and then it allows you to deal with the other stuff later. Well, Greg, following up on that conversation, how long do you see it taking for most couples to develop a satisfying sex life? Yeah, well, let's talk about some of the things that we do know. We know that on average, the honeymoon phase inside of a marriage, and that's where the couples, you know, everything is great, and they're just... You know, all over each other, you know, usually lasts for about three years. And then the relationship can feel routine. Sex can feel routine. We also know that um, there's been new research that really has shown that that the best sex occurs in couples who have been married for over 15 years. And the reason why that they're they're finding this. So there, uh, let me answer your question. You know it, what? You know how long does mm-hmm. it take to have a good sex life? There's not going to be a standard answer that it's four point five years. Right, I, right. I think the point is that the the research about these longer term marriages, fifteen years, why that's such a fulfilling you know, experience between them is because they've they've really gotten to know each other. So in the Old Testament, the word for sex is yada, which means fully known. You know, after we've been married for 15 years, we're now at 30, there's just a way in which the depth of knowledge and really knowing each other, understanding likes and dislikes and feeling comfort. And, you know, you're past all that awkward, weird stuff and you Mm -hmm. just, there's a familiar with each other that can really promote that sort of deep, you know, fulfilling sexual relationship. I think too that there's, for a lot of younger couples, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure around sex. Are we doing this right? You know, 15 years later, you're past all that. You know, you're you've probably figured out birth control, or you're done with that. You know, season in in your marriage life, and in all those kinds of things. And so, it just goes to show you that that if we continue to be curious and learn, yada, get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Aaron and I often talk about this as the the art of rediscovering each other. So, really, this commitment that I want to keep learning and growing and knowing who you are as you change. But that translates so well into the bedroom Mm -hmm. because the bottom line is, you know, two people have been married at least 15 years. I mean, they've explored every inch of each other's body. It's not like you're going to find something new around bodies. What you're going to find new is how we're changing, who we're becoming, what are your fears and stressors and dreams and more that inner life feelings and and experiences. And so if we're committed to being curious and really discovering that stuff, that translates well into the bedroom that creates a newness that can be a part of your sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's really all on if we're going to remain curious and keep rediscovering each other. And I would say it's worth fighting for if you're listening and you're going, you know what? No, that's not the case for us. It hasn't improved. It hasn't gotten better. 
if there's, you know, disconnection or a sexual dysfunction or, you know, high conflict, there's been infidelity, it's something that's worth fighting for. And so I just encourage listeners that are saying, you know what, I wish it was at 15 years it got better. Um, Go in and talk to someone. Go in to talk to a licensed Christian counselor. Matter of fact, you can call here at Focus 1-800-A-FAMILY. And they'll connect you with someone who can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially specialized in that area. Totally. Yeah. And we're a phone call away. Again, that number that Aaron shared, 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. We also have uh, online uh, referrals that we can offer to you. And uh, we'll link over to that service in the show notes. And then to do a deeper dive, assuming that you're not struggling, but you would perhaps like things to be better in your sexuality, in the marriage, uh, get a copy of the book by Shanti and Michael called Secrets of Sex and Marriage, Eight Surprises That Make All the Difference. It's a terrific resource, and we'll send it to you when you make a one-time gift or monthly pledge of any amount. Uh, Support the work of Focus on the Family today, and uh, uh, request that book when you call, or as I said, the link is in the show notes. More with Shanti and Michael next time. And uh, for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days, and it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.